it's the Modifivers. Don't forget to follow at Pod on social media and check out our Patreon. Stick around through the end of the episode for more information. Enjoy! Insorcelled, a low-key, hate-free, HP, D&D podcast. There is no room for hate here, only education and helping one another. Hogwarts will always be here to welcome you home. Welcome back to Ensorcel. This week with us, we have Bri Walton. Celeste Carver Chapman. Lovely to be meeting my future wife. We have <laughs> Holland Lane Curtis. Rendy Tierney. The D stands for... Do you know how much a polar bear weighs? Me neither, but enough to break the night. Uh, fuck, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of really started... No, that was perfect. Around. Keep it. <laughs> No, come on, come on, let me try to get, I'll try to get, I'll try to get, I can do it, I can do it this time. We're probably gonna keep the first one, because it's funny, but let me try again. I can do it. <laughs> Ren D. Tierney, the D stands for, do you know how much a polar bear weighs? Me neither, but it's enough to break the ice. Hi, my name is Ren D. Tierney, I already said that, but, um, good morning. <laughs> Oh, we're keeping the first one for sure. <laughs> I love, I, I love the the direction that you went with the second one, though. Too, um, I might have to keep both. Uh, okay, we have Willow Wilson, Imogen Sigrun's daughter, currently reading the Land of Elyon series because um, the story of the the blind man and the elephant was a major plot point in the first book. Um, let's talk about our mutual interest in this book in Elephants. This is a pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Got it in one. Did I do it right, Ren? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay, cool. I haven't heard that one before, but um, my dad says it's good to get creative. Yeah, you know, talking about interests. And the elephant part, too. The elephant part. Nice. I, you know, I'm, I'm just ticking all the boxes. Right, right, right. And I'm your godfiver, Remy Culp. I've decided to fully lean into the part of me that wants to be a Disney adult. I drive an alligator, I live at Cinderella's castle, Mickey Mouse is my gynecologist, and oh boy, does he do a bad job. <laughs> okay, I feel like we'll definitely get sued. Yeah, we can't have that part. <laughs> Alright, fine, he does an okay job. He's just not qualified. He did not complete his residency. <laughs> Alright, are we ready? Yes. Alright, let's go with uh, episode 5. Emotions are running deep in hogweed, and no, it's not just the teenage hormones mixing with the romantic airs of autumn. Things for the Sorcery Sisters especially have been tough. It seems as though no one has it together, but they're desperately clinging onto the appearance that things are just fine. Seem stressed? Oh, it's just homework and tests and social issues. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that 14-year-olds are being trained to combat adult evil sorcerers while navigating political scandals and espionage. It's certainly not too much for these kids to handle, and it's absolutely not something that should be brought up. The good news is, things can't possibly get more complicated. Right? Well, it doesn't matter, because the Sorcery Sisters have class, and life goes on. And the class they're specifically in right now, not breakfast, it's History of Magic. Truly a breakfast for the mind. You said that so pointed. I know that to me. Fuck you. 
We're going for the throat this this episode, apparently. To our listeners who uh, didn't just record the previous episode, we were talking about how, how Remy always starts our episodes off at breakfast and then just leaves us there. I like eggs. <laughs> we know. <laughs> That's your justification. You know what? That's all you need. You have a fair point. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Hey. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was a toe too far. So anyway, what are we learning? Cool shit, right, Professor? Um. Well, actually, I I did want to give you all a heads up before we jumped in today's lesson that it's a little bit of a heavier one. Oh no! But Professor, we just started recording and we're all excited and hyper. That's a mistake. Yeah, I just drank a bunch of ramen. This seems like kind of a buzzkill. Yeah. Yeah, Professor, can you can you put this on a later episode? I kind of want to do some high like some teenage hijinks and and chaos. Yeah, our our last the last time we uh experienced class together, it was also a a, a heavier uh, subject matter like with Professor Singh, that whole deal. Are we going to be talking more about being child soldiers? Oh no, nothing like that. Um, would you prefer I start off class with some silly noises? Honestly, yes. yeah, I'd love that. Yes, please. <clears throat> May we proceed? Absolutely. I, think, I feel I think a lot that's better. Enough. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. I no, hate no. this fucking podcast. <laughs> also, just as a note before you start, um, since it's year four, um, and four is the magic number, this is also the year for breaking the fourth wall. Just so you know. You can't, you can't hear it because it makes no noise, but I am winking at the audience. It makes a little noise. My eyes are kind of crusty, like a creaking door. Anyway, back to our sad class. Today, we will be discussing the creatures that have been held by the Sanctum. It's not a fun subject, honestly, um, but uh, an important one, especially as uh, we are taking the year to look at the political environment and and the governments through the perspective of these humanoid creatures that still don't necessarily have all the rights that sorcerers do. Um, This is very important context because it really uh, shadows and colors the way that these humanoid creatures uh, can view the Sanctum and other governments. But specifically today, we are discussing the Sanctum as I believe they've committed the most atrocious war crimes having to do with humanoid creatures. And therefore, it is the most thorough conversation. So before we begin, any questions? Nah, we're good. Then let's dive in. Well, there are many reasons why the Sanctum has decided to capture and keep captive humanoid creatures for their own gain. I would say primarily, but it it pretty much that's like, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's like the whole reason. Some of the reasons, um, some creatures have powers uh, sorcerers don't have, but the powers can be used to the benefit of sorcerers. Therefore, we capture those creatures and then we use their powers and exploit them for our benefit. There are also uh, humanoids that have been used as weapons. Again, those powers being 
very uh, powerful that we cannot uh, have or emulate. Um, They are also used as energy sources, um, which is very significant. Uh, There was a time when some humanoids were powering the sanctum itself. Um, There are some creatures that have been harvested for potion ingredients. Um, Poaching was a very big problem at one point. And, you know, these are just some of of the awful reasons that these humanoids have been captured and abused by the Sanctum. Now, when we are looking at these reasons, there's really one central theme or or reason why specifically, why this has happened over many, many centuries. And, And really, it all comes back to control. Now, what part of of specifically the idea of control do you think the sanctum found so attractive or necessary or both what what part of controlling other creatures they found important or i didn't i don't quite understand how that's a question let me rephrase this Why do you think the Sanctum committed these atrocities in the name of control? Well, it is to gain power to gather the resources and the brute force and any advantages that they could to either take or to maintain power and control in order to do what they saw fit. I mean, I, I think that's really the thing. I think that control is the operative word, and that's the reason behind it. But I think there might be a, like, us versus them mentality that's kind of operated in groups such as this. Also, Professor, this is a pretty intense discussion. Um, are we okay to have this? I mean, this is... I don't, I don't disagree, but... Like, are you getting gonna get in trouble for saying something like this, or...? I mean... Maybe. If... If a lesson plan such as this would be reported to the Department of Education, I suppose, theoretically, they wouldn't be very happy about it. However, I... I'm not quite sure... Who would report something like this to the Department of Education. I mean, if there's anyone in this room who would, I mean, absolutely go for it. I won't be angry, I understand. Um, I would like a heads up, though, just so I can warn my husband that I will not have a job. But that is completely fine. We don't need the money. It's just like... Let me know. Celeste, just in an attempt to make a light joke, goes, You hear that, Myra? Myra kind of sarcastically goes, Ah, yes, because my mother is concerned with authority. Now, you guys, let me just say, she has been very, uh, anti-sanctum for, like, ever. Even though her husband, like, works there. My dad, I don't know why I called him that. Anyways, my dad, he works at the sanctum. Um, it's been, like, a fun little dynamic in their marriage. Super fun, whatever. Anyways, like, the bottom line is she doesn't care, and the Sanctum has tried to punish her for that, but again, she doesn't care, so she doesn't care. 
basically. Oh, I mean, that, that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, so don't worry. She's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, again, like, don't necessarily disagree. It's just, like, looks at uh, all the other kids in the group and not the adult that <laughs> doesn't know about the crazy shit that we've heard about things and how people disappear for knowing too much or speaking out about things. Um, you know, it just, I, I, I think it's normal to be a little concerned, but again, don't disagree. Just yeah. making sure we're, we're all on the same page this stays. We are. Here. I mean, I, I respect you so hard right now. Like, you are, the things you're saying, the things that you're actually telling us instead of in the, in the, in past classes and in our past educational experience, the sanctum is just like, you know, we're just like, yeah, the sanctum, it's important. It's a big part of our society and uh, nothing bad to say there. Um, thank you for providing this perspective, um, this very real perspective. I'm very glad that we're learning about this. It it um, is very sweet of you all to to be you know concerned and care. I I do really appreciate that. I just want you all to know that to me, you guys getting an honest perspective um, of what really has gone on over the past several centuries since the sanctums, you know, founding. Um, that is more important to me than losing a job or getting in trouble with the sanctum i've been in trouble with the sanctum before there's been no scratches here it's all fine but yes like myra says don't worry about it okay all right uh, we trust you but you know again to have a fully rounded conversation there have been a lot of changes that the sanctum has been attempting to make um, some positive changes in regards to this. For example, Celeste, your mother, Minister Chapman, has been working on laws and legislation that um, gives humanoid creatures specifically the same rights that us sorcerers have. She's trying to change the, um, the vocabulary and the language to be completely inclusive, because previously it hasn't been, and that has been used against these humanoid creatures um, in quote-unquote sorcerer's favor and against them uh, to keep them what the sanctum would view as in their place. So giving credit where credit is due, there are some individuals attempting to make these changes. There is, of course, pushback, which is very frustrating that this day and age there would still be a discussion like that. Um, however, the conversation is happening, and that is, that is a shuffle in the right direction. So it is significant to know that, that these past situations have translated to the sanctum today they cannot be completely erased now when it comes to what has stopped happening most of this has ended for example humanoids are no longer um it is no longer legal to hunt humanoids or poach humanoids for poached ingredients now, there's still specific hunting laws in regards to non-humanoid creatures, 
But there are activists working on that as well. But it is a complex issue as these ingredients are not just for vain beauty potions, but for actual cures and antidotes that can save lives. Though there are active potion masters that are searching for alternative ingredients now. Now, when it comes to using humanoids or creatures as energy sources or weapons, those that has completely been eradicated as far as we know. They, that is just not a, an ethical um, practice. And that has been recognized and um, that practice has just gone completely extinct. As for abusing creatures that have powers that sorcerers don't, to my knowledge, that has also been eradicated. However, it is a subject that has vaguely been spoken upon, and there does seem to be some kind of a structured answer when those questions are brought up from the sanctum. I mean, everything is structured, but a little more structured, which does leave me and, and several others to believe that perhaps it is not completely ended. You know, things about obtaining people um, or humanoids obtaining these creatures is not legal but that does not mean they don't still have some if you understand do you understand what i'm saying so are there people who were used for this who are still around it is very much possible as there are several humanoid creatures that have much longer lifespans than us sorcerers i mean you know if, if you take a look we have you know 150-year lifespans, typically, thanks to our magic improvements and, and medicine and whatnot. However, there are creatures with centuries and centuries long lifespans, creatures that may be considered immortal because we haven't witnessed one be birthed and die, you know? We, of course, immortality does not include murder. But see one die of old age, if you understand what I mean. There's some creatures that just seemingly live until they are killed. Whew. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. This is not a fun class, but very important one. Um, I, I wish there was really more that I could say to lighten things up, but... So what kind of creatures do you think are being held captive by the Sanctum, and how can we free them? How soon can we free them? Well, um, an extraordinarily complicated question. Uh, I think it's a fair one, though. Do you guys want to roll a perception check? Yes. Go for it. Of course. I would like to. I got a natural one. I got an 18. 19. So, <laughs> Ren, um, you randomly get distracted by how pretty Professor Iden is. Wow. She's got really nice red hair and pretty eyes. And she's, wow, lady. For the other two of you, in this moment of pause, you see something happen to Professor Iden that you've never seen before. This woman who is extremely straightforward and clear and bold and blunt about her opinions, she has a filter come into her mind. She is struggling to choose her words. And after a moment, she says, The Sanctum has many secrets. 
And some of those secrets have to do with the structure of the sanctum itself. And because of that, we can never truly know what's going on at the center of it all. Okay. Noted. Ren, are you alright? Your eyes are a little glassy. Are you are you okay? Huh? You doing alright? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <sighs> I'm chill. Whatever. It's cool. Can I go to the bathroom? Sure. Okay, bye. But what kind of magical creatures, like, in, in theory, we don't have to talk about the sanctum, but what, in theory, hypothetically, what kind of magical creatures, humanoid and other, um, would be held at, the, at or by the sanctum? Well, one well-known example would absolutely be unicorns. I mean, the the property within their their horn, their hair, their fur, their eyes, their teeth, I mean, their blood, every part of them is filled to the brim with magic that sorcerers cannot themselves recreate. So they were one of the creatures very, very much um, abused as as potion ingredients, energy sources, et weapons, etc., um, so much so that they very nearly became extinct until some creature activists uh, began with some restoration and protective measures to make sure that that doesn't happen and that they can stay around because they're such wonderful and beautiful creatures without all of their magic. So now it is heavily regulated the way parts of unicorns are obtained and used and it is very much, um, they're not even allowed to be hunted. It's, it's very much the unicorns die within their own time, which they are one of the creatures with a very, very long lifespan, but they die in their own time. And then those things can be harvested or used for good is essentially the thought behind it. But, but those creatures were very much a, a commodity and seen as a product. I struggled with hearing that the they're not even able to be hunted. Are there magical creatures out there that it's okay to hunt? Oh yes, many. There are, there are several different hunting permits and seasons for specific creatures. Some for the case of overpopulation um, and keeping the magical ecosystem balanced since it got so off balance with sorcerer interference. And some species absolutely flourished. Um, pests. Really, pests really became an issue in some areas um, because their predators had been almost completely eradicated from their natural habitat, which is a very, very sad issue. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I mean, my wand has a unicorn tail core. I like to think that was humanely harvested um, and that the unicorn uh, signed a waiver um, and got something out of it and was and was treated fairly. Uh, fair trade, unicorn tail hair, as it were. I believe, or at least what we do with Felicity, um, it's a natural loss. Um, hairs that just fall out are collected. I still hope they signed a waiver. Because, you know, even if it is just shedding a, a magical hair, it's a powerful magical hair. You know what, Imogen, that is fair. Would you draw up a waiver for Felicity one of these days? I would be honoured to. 
That'd be lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, can I do a insight check on Ren to see if she needs assistance? Like, if she needs a friend? Sure. Or is this just sort of like, okay, bye, I'm done? I went to the bathroom. <laughs> Does Ren need help in the bathroom? <laughs> That's not what I meant. She just, she stressed out left. I just wanted to make sure that she's okay. It was, uh, it was 11. When Ren's got a piss, Ren's got a piss. Can relate. So, Professor, it's still your opinion that there are humanoids who are being used by the Sanctum for control? Humanoid creatures and potentially sorcerers as well, yes. Do you think they are still being held or more manipulated in a way that they can still be out socially? The way the Sanctum works, if you are publicly part of the Sanctum's employees... You can be out and about. In fact, it's beneficial for you to be out and about. However, if you are part of the Sanctum that they don't want the world to know anything about, you can't leave. They need to keep you under their watchful eye at all times. At some point, Ren comes back. We did. I went to the bathroom for the bit, but I want to be here for this conversation, so... <laughs> Sometimes you gotta piss for the bit. Um, also, Professor... Would you say that there are some things that are harder to um, explain or express for fear of being misconstrued by third parties that may not be as happy to hear what you're thinking or talking about in case they ever do hear? Would you say that's a fair assumption? Sure. Okay. Are we being watched, Professor? Maybe the question should be, when are you not being watched? I don't like that. Yeah, you have a good point. That's actively worse. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, just not with this professor. Oh, right. Well, it's just something to think about. Have I worried you? I mean... Not much more than usual. It more just kind of like brought it to the surface. Yeah, remarkably, uh, despite knowing that this is absolutely very troubling information, it's not, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's bad and I'm upset about it. I'm not much more disturbed in the grand scheme of things than I was before this class, which is not a testament to the amount of knowledge I just gained, but the, the it's a testament to how disturbing the world is and that our perception of it is already quite bleak. Yes, and um, I will leave this class with one bit of advice. Always be aware of propaganda. Noted. Okay, and how would you suggest telling the difference between propaganda and truth? If it comes from the sanctum, it's probably lies, right? But if it's not lies, then it's probably a distraction. We are learning a lot today. I like yes. this class. It's hard. <laughs> you know what, though? Thank you, Professor. It's kind of nice hearing from a professor just earnest, like, information, regardless of how scary it is. I feel like a lot of the time, people still remember we're children, but I prefer information this way. Okay, so it's not that I disagree with anything that she's saying necessarily, but I still want to do an insight check on her, because I'm just getting very interesting vibes. Can I do an insight check? Go for it. No. That's a nat one. 
Woman. So, pretty. I'm just not taking it in. What a lovely lady. Smart red hair. You yes. make jokes, but I think that Ren is just... It's not every single time Ren rolls a one that she's like, Oh my god, pretty lady, I'm gay. Okay? She's multifaceted. She's probably just distracted by the weird fucking shit they're talking about. Okay? So Thanks. you're not telling me that that's what you do when you get really distracted? I'm not always distracted just by pretty people. You are Thanks. always gay. You are gay yeah. panic in a petite package. But I'm not Ren. You guys share a lot of similarities. Fuck you. Anyway, back to the game here. Uh, do I notice anything different uh, in Aunt Charlie? Roll an insight. 26. Aunt Charlie was always going to teach this lesson, but it may have been colored by more recent events. With the high roll, can I tell if she... If I still get the vibes of, like, she is still on my side and, like, she's, this is all coming from a genuine place? Or is there, like, any kind of, any hidden, like, beneath the surface thing? She loves you and she wants you to know this information for a reason. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll lean into that she loves me and trust her to this point, but I am a little getting red flag vibes. So good to know. But good news after this class is lunch. Who doesn't love lunch? We should have started the episode with eggs. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I want to go back to the breakfast thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Remy did this specifically to teach us that we need that we need breakfast to loosen up into the game. Yeah, suck it. So lunch. Yeah, we go to lunch and we're probably all just staring at our plates, like. Yeah. I miss eggs. I mean, you could have eggs for egg lunch. Egg salad. Engine. Yeah, egg salad sandwich, you're right. Well, it's important to note that this is the day after last. So, Edison was not at breakfast this morning. He slept in. He met you at class. So this is really the first time you're seeing him outside of class since yesterday. And let me tell you, something must have happened with the amount of people that are coming up to Edison and patting him on the back. C Celeste would like to fully walk through the crowd of people patting Edison on the back, grab Edison by the shoulder, pull him to the, our table, sit him down and just be like, we need details. We need this more now than we ever needed this. Please God, we need a palate cleanser. Come we, on. We, we need some girly shit right now. Let me tell you. Give us the eggs we deserve. Ah, uh, um... Well, I guess you could say it went well. Okay, start from the beginning, come on. Well, um, I ran out of the common room, screaming, and I got down to the Grand Hall and went through the courtyard, and I was meeting him right in front of the lake, and he was there before me, and I was still running. Well, I wasn't screaming anymore, because I think that would have freaked him out, and I came right up to him. And, um, I just, like, like, uh, kissed him, like, right then and there. There was a lot of people around, um, and it was just, like, a full-on, like, it was, 
I, you know, the, I hit the target or whatever the sports people say. You just beelined it over there and laid one on him? Yeah, uh, I, that was the part I was most nervous about, so I thought just get it out of the way. Okay, but like in a consent way, right? Yeah, like I walked right up to him. I mean, I didn't just like tackle him to the ground. I like walked right up to him and grabbed his face. And I was like, God, you know, can I, I want to, huh. And he was like, yeah, huh. And then it's we, and then I just like went. The yeah, huh. That we, we love to hear it. Yeah, that, that it. was we verbal consent. Verbal consent right there. So that's good. That's very good. It it was very like it was great. And then we went away from the crowd. There was a really, really big crowd. And then we went and then um it was the two of us and we had our date. Um Yep. Uh, well, that's one way to take the edge off if you're nervous for a date, I suppose. That's pretty nice. Um, Yes, it sounds lovely. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's a second date coming up soon. Well, there might... I mean, I feel like... And as he's, like, trying to ramble through it, Ronan comes by and sits directly next to him and kisses him directly and then turns and looks at the rest of me and goes, Hi, everybody. That's so fucking cute. I love them. I... I'm, I'm obsessed about everything happening in this moment. Can I get fan art? Give us fan art. Show me the boys. Oh my god, is Lucas jealous? Lucas is sitting... Okay, so there's Edison, and then to his left is Ronan. And directly next to Edison, like in between them, you see Lucas's head is like smushed between their hips on Edison's lap. That's so cute. Please tell me that Lucas is just gonna be completely doting on Ronan. Like, like they're just gonna be like, we both love Edison. This is so cute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump the brakes. They just had their first date. They're using the L word. No, I'm using the L word. <laughs> Lesbian. The other L word. The one that you can Lebedee. buy in the DVD box set. Lesbians. Oh, that one, yeah. Oh, I was talking about the TV show. That was three different, completely separate <laughs> jokes that we just made. One was the L word, one was Scott Pilgrim, one was Glee, question mark? I said Lebanese. Yeah, that's Glee. That's, <laughs> that's a Glee, Glee joke. You made a, you made a Glee joke. You made a Glee joke. It is 2012. Oh, that is yeah. a Glee joke. We're cutting all of that out, don't worry. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how I'm feeling. I'm feeling saucy while I'm editing this. So, yeah, Celeste is getting teary-eyed, just so proud of our boy. I go for a fist bump with Edison. Edison very sheepishly meets you with it. His face is bright pink, and Ronan seems to be a little more of himself. As you might recall, in their first conversation that you saw, he was insistent that he was not normally like this, but he seems to have found his confidence. Oh, Ronan, you're going to fit in wonderful here. Welcome. Uh, tell me about yourself, please. What's your favorite animal? Cows. Do you have any fun facts about cows? No, but have you ever looked into their eyes? You see galaxies. Exactly. Depths. 
untold. Utterly majestic. They have four stomachs. They're ruminants, I think. Did you hear my joke? Yeah. Nobody laughed. I I, I heard it. I'm <laughs> sorry. I Because I was going on about other facts, but I, I heard it. And you know what? Let's take a moment. Let's all appreciate Ren's joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Ren. <laughs> I will say, I feel like I feel like Celeste genuinely had a chuckle, but kind of like held it to herself. Well, um, while this is going on, Myra snakes her arms around Celeste's waist and leans her her head on uh, her shoulder, and it's just like it's so romantic, so cute. I love young love. Oh, they're going to go far, aren't they? <laughs> and uh, I feel like Celeste gives Myra like a kiss on the cheek or something. I um I grab uh, Ren and Teddy, and I'm just like, I'm glad we're all friends. Me too, Imogen. I mean, sincerely, absolutely, yes. But I feel yeah. like this was an interesting spot to to add that in. Oh, it's just. You know, everyone else is paired off a little bit. <laughs> Rose is over there canoodling right. with Ava. Yeah. Celeste has her has Celeste and Myra. Uh, mm. Edison and and his new boyfriend Ronan. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Mm. I love my friends. Ah, uh, we. I love you too, Imogen. Thanks. Speaking of friends, uh, Ronan's best <laughs> friend comes by the table, and you see the gorgeous Amelia. Um, her hair, she's wearing it natural today, and her uh, bright smile widens a bit when she sees you, Ren, and she pops herself onto the table, crosses her legs, and she goes, well, isn't it nice to see everybody today? And her eyes stop on yours, Ren. I legitimately forgot that this was a person that flirted with Ren until, like, a good minute and a half of you explaining. I remember because in my notes I wrote, Amelia is high key flirting with Ren. You take notes? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Do you not? <laughs> uh, I take notes. They just aren't comprehensible. Fair. Uh, morning or afternoon? What time is it? It's lunch. Afternoon. Well, it is lunch indeed, and I'm having a great one. Are you? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, like heavy history magic class, but besides that, yeah. Um, what what you what you been up to? Oh, you know this and that. But I totally understand about the history of magic class. It can just be so much, and it's nice just to have a nice little you know break afterwards to like breathe and refocus. And a lot of history is really sad. It's really sad, and that's kind of a buzzkill. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. What you got going on uh, for the rest of the week? Anything buzzkill or otherwise? Well, you know, classes, which are always a buzzkill, and homework, which I hardly ever do, if I'm honest. You know, last minute writings and whatever. But besides that, I think my calendar is actually decently free right now. Imogen fully jumps in. Did you, are, uh, do you need help studying? Um, I actually do like a lot of my learning in class. Like I learn better in class and then, uh, you know, I do the homework just to kind of be able to turn in the assignment, just scribble my way through. But I, I really learn better like in the classroom environment, if that makes sense. That's 
a really interesting method. I'm, I'm sure we could set up a little classroom setting so we could study together. If you want to join our study sessions. Oh, I, I think Amelia's saying something more like she she gets some more like hands-on practice. That's a bit more her style. Is Celeste here for this? Like, am I am I distracted by my girlfriend or do I see this? I mean, the conversation is happening right in front of you, but your girlfriend is there too. So I guess it depends what your uh, focus is on. Uh, can I roll a deception check that I'm listening to my girlfriend and actually be listening to Ren's conversation? <laughs> Absolutely roll a deception check. And while you do, Amelia does uh, respond with that. That is true. I do love to be hands-on. Well, let me tell you about my study methods. They're pretty hands-on. Oh god, that's a 16. I'm gonna have to counter-roll that and see what happens. Also, I love Imogen. <laughs> She's like, ha ha ha, absolutely not, whatever this is, I hate the vibes. Anyway. Uh I don't know that Imogen knows that that's what she's doing. I think deep down. Subconscious. She's conscious. She's, it's deep down. There's a reason. But she's, as far as what she's aware of herself right now, she's just trying to help a friend study. You know, a friend. See, my thing is... Like, Ren might find Amelia, like, really pretty and, like, interesting and stuff. For me, not the right vibe. Vibes are rancid. Incorrect. So I'm, like, I'm struggling between that, personally. Interesting. Yes. Um, so with a 16, you do successfully lie to your girlfriend about your attention, and you can hear this conversation. Um... Where it left off, Amelia definitely quirks an eyebrow at that flirtatious little statement she said. Uh, Amelia, you should come to our next group hangout. You know, so we can all get to know you. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds fun. Definitely love a little party. Of course. It'll be very interesting to get to know you. More, better, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we know how to party pretty well, so... Yeah, I learned a lot of elephant facts. <laughs> I love your elephant facts, Imogen. Just oh, so you know. Oh, thank you. I'm so oh, glad. Yes. I enjoy them please, as well. Please keep them coming. It's, oh, it's okay. wonderful, yes. Oh, now? Uh, oh! Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Pepper them into the conversation. It's It, it keeps it, everything, you know, fresh. Okay, um, I'll pepper them in, <laughs> such as... Uh, such as how elephants can produce frequencies far below the range of human hearing so that other, other elephants can hear and respond to them from up to four kilometers away. So they can always contact their friends if they're, you know, up to four kilometers away. They can oh, talk to each other and make sure they're safe. That's really cool. interesting. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is out of character. That's really that's a really interesting it fact. Is. Don't you wish you could just produce a frequency that other animals, well, I guess certainly humans and probably several other animals uh, couldn't hear that, but your friends can hear it and... I thought that you were going to end that sentence with, don't you wish you could produce an elephant? I mean, Imogen can. Yeah, so Celeste is Celeste is uh, holding it together by strings at this moment. She's very confused about what her feelings are and why she she's acting so awkward. Um, but she's uncomfortable. Well, you do seem like you know how to have fun. 
Um, and I do love an elephant fact, so I would love to hang out with you all. Yep, all of us in the same space. Cool. cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, you were saying something about, you said your schedule is free. It's quite open, yeah. So if there's, you know, ever a time you're bored and just need something to do. <laughs> Can I roll an insight check? Yeah. Okay. That's a 12? What, do I understand? Like, am I? This is my struggle. I feel like Ren is going entirely based on instinct and like, she's falling like, it's competitive air that turns into flirting kind of thing. Um, but it's not the same vibe as it was last time. So I think she's a little bit confused. It's a different, different energy. She might be asking you out right now. She might be implying she wants to hang out with you by yourself. She might be implying, hey, like, if you're ever bored, I actually have nothing to do this week, so if you want to hang out, like, whatever. Cool, so I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna roll another. Yeah, I don't see why not. Great. I'm always around. Cool. How do you feel about brooms, Zoom? Brooms are fun. Balls are not. I'm not very good <laughs> okay. at catching things. Okay. Um, what do you, what do you do for fun, then? I know some... Pretty cool hiding spots. So like hide and seek? Mm, more like climb shit and don't get caught. Oh. Did you know that foxes are the only canine uh, that can climb trees? It's because of their semi-retractable claws. Ooh, that's good to know. I guess I have to try now. Yeah, specifically <laughs> gray foxes. Ooh. I don't know if I would be a gray fox. Well, I mean, your your Patreon comes out pretty silver, so I can be uh, whatever I'm a you silver want fox. it to be. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. That's my uh, that's my future. <laughs> can I roll a history check on Amelia? Like, kind of just like, do I know who this chick is? Do I know who this person is? <laughs> yeah, roll for it. Sure. What's happening? I'm nervous. I, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm in danger. Uh, that's one. Uh, 18. So, she's a girl in your year. Um, and she's always been pretty confident and very, very firm in who she is. She's decently social. Doesn't necessarily have, like, a group, but she, um, she kind of flits about from group to group. You know, one of those people that has, like, a wide variety of general friends and then a couple really, really, really close friends. So Ronan is her best friend. She is, um, kind of like a, she's a half-born. Um, so she doesn't come from, like, a notable family of any kind. Her her parents aren't famous, but she does seem well off money-wise. Not like rich, rich, but like, you know, upper middle class. Um, she knows how to dress. She's pretty and she knows it, but not in an annoying or like put others down way. She seems like a generally positive person and the no one really has any issues with her. Well... No one had issues with her. Oof. So, um, Amelia, with a promise of some kind of hangout in the near future, you know, whenever you find her. Probably hide and seek, I'm thinking. She, uh, she gets up from the table. Um, her hand lightly brushes your shoulder, Ren, um, as she walks away. And she does glance back briefly and flash you a smile. Um, but then she exits the Grand Hall. Yeah, I give her a little salute. Um, also, by the way, I'm still wearing my leather jacket. 
Gotta get detention somehow, babes. <laughs> Speaking of detention, you are approached, um, Ren, by Professor Chang. Actually, Imogen, you're approached by Professor Jameson. Actually, Celeste, you're approached by your father as well. You guys are all kind of like sitting there when these three professors from separate directions all approach you all. And uh, they look at each other kind of semi-confused. Calvin looks at you, Celeste. Jameson looks at you, Imogen. And Chang looks at you, Ren. And individually they say, I'm gonna need you to come with me. Hello, Professor. 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 Okay, we've had a hard day. This this just seems real cryptic and scary. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Fuck this. Let's all compile into one space where I can keep an eye on you. Actually, um, uh, Imogen, I need you to come with me to, to Professor McConnell's office. Calvin says, yes, uh, Celeste, I need you to come to, to mine. And Professor Chang says... Yeah, Ren, I was gonna, I was gonna take you to, to mine as well. I don't, uh, I don't Insight like check. this. No, I don't like this. Insight check. On who? Insight Please. Check. Uh, let's start. We'll all, yeah, well, I kind of want to do all professors. of them. Yeah. Yeah, let's check our own professors. Let's check our professors. Yeah. Dirty 20. That's a sad 14. I got a solid 12. Ren and Imogen, you're not really sure what's going on. Maybe it's class related. Um, but whatever it is, it doesn't look fun. Celeste, something's wrong. Oh shit. <sighs> Celeste kind of flashes a look to Ren and Imogen to, in her own way, kind of communicate that. Um, like, uh, maybe not a, maybe it's not so much a something's wrong in this situation, but like, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable and I have a reason to be kind of face. Uh, and just says to her father, oh, "Okay, yes, I'll I'll see you guys after after this." Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll meet back up. I'm we'll meet back up. If anything happens, try to emit a very low frequency that only us sorcery sisters can hear from up to four kilometers or two point five miles away. Or or send send your Patreon. That too. That that makes sense. That one. That works. Um, I, I love you guys. Um, let's go, father. I love you too. I, I love you. The three of you are each individually led away from the Grand Hall into the respective professor's office. I don't want to play anymore. Can we stop here? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm actually real tired. Uh... Oh, man. <sighs> Oh, uh, sleepy man. It's late. It's late. Uh, we've had a great time. <laughs> we're scared, so we're trying to cope through humor. Ren, you are brought to Professor Chang's office. Um, she opens the door to usher you inside, and you see your mom is standing, kind of in her own world. Um, you can tell that there are definitely thoughts going on behind her eyes, but when she sees you, she snaps to your attention, and she kind of sits up a bit. Winona. I should clarify. Winona is in Professor Chang's office. I, I figured, but thank you for the clarification. She looks at you and gives you a very 
brief smile, almost like she was gonna try to comfort you, but knows it's gonna be a failed attempt and stops and she goes, oh, Hello, Ren. Hello. What's what's happening? Is everything okay? Everything's fine, and it's gonna be fine. There's just a bit of a complication, and I need you to come back to my office with me. A complication with what? Press. What happened with the press? I will explain on our way. Um, I, I, I trust you, but I also would really like to know a little bit more about that. Is there anything you can tell me now? There has been a leak. And it's not one that I think I have enough pull to control. Is it about us? Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, you'll have to forgive me for this, but, um, just for precaution's sake, can you, uh, mention to me what movies we watched over the summer, please? Bambi. Um, Ratatouille movie. Bambi's enough. Okay. Okay. Um, I think Ren's, like, trying really hard not to cry, but you, if anyone was looking at her close enough, you'd be able to tell that her hands are shaking. Can I... I look to Professor Chang. Can I, can I leave a note to my, my friends? Please? Of course. Okay, um, and I just pull out some paper and I just scribble down, uh, a note for... Celeste and Imogen. Um, I think Ren probably tries to say it in code, uh, but probably it's some sort of like code about the the stories that she told them about their summer. So probably like to do with Disney or something. I'm I can't come up with it off the top of my head because I'm so nervous. But yeah, something something like insert character from Disney mom found out about. Yeah, you get the point. Okay, let's go. Okay, should I should I wear something nicer? Um, I'm just wearing like my my slacks and, and a white shirt and, and my leather jacket and my boots. Should I look? I'll look tough. No, I'm I'm gonna look tough. Um. Okay. No, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. It's all gonna be okay. I have as much as I can taken care of. I think. It's gonna be okay. Okay. Okay, let's go. She takes you through the fireplace to her office at the Sanctum. The doors are closed, and there's just one person in the office. It's someone you had met very briefly, but it is your mother's stylist. And she gives you a smile, and she says, Hello. So... Since we are doing this a little last minute, it's totally okay. I've pulled an outfit for you that's going to be fine. Um, and this really should only take five or ten minutes, okay? Wait, a an outfit? For what? Your mom says, well, we need to take a picture to possibly release with a statement. Oh, like like a, a statement that we've we've like scripted and planned and it's like a written statement that we don't have to say out loud in front of other people right right if anyone's saying anything out loud to people it'll be me you don't have to worry about it 
okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Are you okay? You're- I'm fine. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm used to this kind of a thing. Just take a deep breath and put on the sweater set. Sweater? Set? The sweater set. It's- it's nice. What? What? A you're put you're putting me in a sweater with the collar underneath. It'll look very nice. What? <laughs> what are you talking? What color is it even? Green. No. It'll no, look nice with the purple. Green. I wear purple. It'll purple? look great. I mean, you look great in every color, but why am I always in green? Because yellow washes you out. But I like yellow. Well, your skin tone doesn't. I love you, I'm sorry, but green is best. <laughs> I bet it's not even a cool green. I bet it's like, I don't know, an uncool green. It's a, it's a deep forest green. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. But it's a sweater. Is it gonna be scratchy? You're gonna be wear wearing a button-up underneath it. It'll feel like you're just wearing a button-up with just a little okay. extra compression. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, this is fine. This is fine. Are you gonna mess with my hair? No, it looks fine. Really? Yeah, it's really cute, actually. I, I like it. Yes. Okay. I go to tighten my ponytail and I realize that I don't have it anymore. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. This is fine and normal and no one's ever going to ask me questions about this that I have to answer. It's going to be fine. Go put on the sweater. Okay. Once you change, you'd see that it does look nice. It's, it's not necessarily you, but it looks... Nice. And it does look very good with your mother's purple blouse and blazer that she is wearing. They set you up uh, in a chair right next to your mother. Um, and a photographer comes in and begins kind of directing your pose. You know, one arm, her arm around you and one arm around her. And, you know, angle this way and tilt your head this way and look like you love each other. Ren can't get the worry off of her face, and it's probably pissing the photographer off so bad. Okay, um... Alright, Ren, I, I hate that I that I have to resort to this kind of thing. Usually I reserve it for, you know, three-year-olds, but... Poop. <laughs> I just sneer at him. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> His eyes widen, and he goes... Farts. You're not getting anything out of me, man, like that. No. Baloomba Wamba. I'm 15. <laughs> Please tell me you giggle. Please. Ren's in the middle of saying I'm 15 and just burst. Burst out laughing. She's about to be like, I'm almost an adult. I'm. <laughs> See, if this guy had had some elephant facts in the chamber. Yeah, for real, man. He wouldn't have had to resort to this. <laughs> I am a full-grown adult, and I have elevated humor. <clears throat> I love that it was Baloomba Wamba that got you. It's also the stupid face that you make when you say it. Like, you're sorry that you're having to say it out loud to yourself. And, like, that you have to hear it in your own voice. <laughs> it's like, it's you wince right after. It's like, Baloomba Wamba. <laughs> right as you giggle, uh, a flash goes off. Um, the photographer looks at his camera and says, Got it. All right, we're done here. That's not fair. That's cheating. Well, I got the result I wanted. You want to see it? I guess. 
He turns the camera towards you, and what you see is a picture uh, of you bursting into laughter, and your mother turning to look at you with such a sweet expression on her face. One of adoration and just adoring. I don't like that other people get to see this. I think I say to her as the photographer is like cleaning up and stuff. She tucks a strand of your hair behind her ear and she says, I know. This is not an ideal situation and I'm sorry that I'm not able to control it. It's not your fault. It's okay. Insight check. Why is she looking like that? Roll. 13. Your mom really feels bad about this whole situation. Okay. She um, reaches to hold your hands. She says, now, this is still a precaution. It might not happen at all, but I want to be ready in case it does. Do you know where the leak came from? No, but I have a feeling that it's someone I have a lot of dirt on, but not enough. Can you tell me who? The biggest bloodsucker in the press community. Motherfucker! Is it? Is it Margarita fucking Mosquito? The disease-ridden insect herself. Ooh! She's going down, Mum. You're damn right she is. And with that, we'll transfer to... Celeste with Professor Carver. No. <laughs> After that, no. God, God, no. I also super don't like that you're ending with Imogen. I don't like this. If you yeah, fucking, what the I, fuck, Remy? I will, I will fucking kill you. I'll kill you. We will, Remy. Kill I'll you. kill you. I'm so serious. We live with her now. We're so protective. What are you gonna do? Come all the way to Florida and yes. kill you and take yeah. your Disney pass? Yes. Yeah, Celeste. Your dad walks you to his office silently. Um, his hand is on your back um, in a comforting gesture. He brings you to his office and he says, We need to go home. What? Father, you're acting, you're acting crazy. What do you mean, go home? Your mother has asked for you. Um, okay, well, couldn't it... Wait, is she okay? It... It is it's not the she's fine okay um like it's not about that right it's not about her condition it's not about that okay perfect um yeah you are starting to scare me before we go home can you tell me a little bit of what's going on you don't get like this i don't fully know what's going on yet but let's let's just go home and and find out father that does that's nothing. I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I have to tell my friends. They're, they're expecting me to come back. I, I have to let them know that I'm not going to be here. Father, you're scaring me. You're coming back. It's going to be fine. But okay. we need to go. Okay. 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 I'll. Let's go. Let's go. He ushers you into his fireplace. Um, and you end up back at your childhood home that, that you grew up in. And he immediately begins leading you to your mother's office. Now at this time of day, she should absolutely be at the sanctum, in her own office, working. But you're here. 
he leads you into her office and she's sitting at her desk when you enter. She stands and approaches you. She says, There is a problem and I don't know how big the problem is, but we're going to figure it out. Will someone just please tell me what the problem is? Well, that's that's part of the problem is I don't I don't know what the problem is. All I know is there is some kind of major story that is coming out and your name is involved in it. So I need to know everything. I I don't understand what you mean by know everything. I Father, I don't know what to do. I... I don't know, Celeste. Okay, I don't know what has happened or gone on, but someone knows something to do with your name. And I, I need to know what it is, so if you think there's anything, you have to tell me. I... I... Can I somehow try to transfer the message that I need my father's approval to talk about this club. Like, is there any kind of role I can make? Um, you can give him a look and roll Oh god, what the hell do you roll? Roll a straight charisma check. Uh, 18. Okay. You look to your father, and you give him this desperate look, and he looks at you, and he's just as clueless as you are. He doesn't know what to do, so you're going to have to think about everything that's happened these last three and a half years, everything you've learned about what you've been doing about yourself and your father and your mother and you're gonna have to make a decision mother we've really grown haven't we as family members this past three years haven't we we have and we've we've created such a open and honest dialogue that I have always wanted from since, since I was a child. You know, I oh gosh, I I I thought we were going to be very 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 good friends, and I, I and I I'm I'm going to fuck it up. I I fucked it up. Um. I, I ruined my chances at a family. Uh, Mother, I have to tell you about something. I think we both do. But it has to be in the, the most secret place that you can think of. And you have to promise to trust me. I trust you, Celeste. And you have to promise that you'll still love me after this. Of course I will. And I think Celeste waits to go where it's the most secret and 
tells her everything. From the start to finish. Your mother took you to a room in your house you didn't know existed. Down to the room in the basement, through a secret door. Down another flight of stairs into what looks like some kind of cellar. She stands. She listens. And... She says two things. To you, Celeste, she says, Thank you for telling me. And... It's going to be fine. To your father... She doesn't look at him. But she's... She just simply holds up her hand to him and leaves the room without a word. Celeste looks to her father and just says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I I think she runs. I think she runs out the room and tries to find the safest, most secluded spot she can think of. Probably, probably to Felicity's stable. Uh, and she's uh, she's sobbing she's breaking down Celeste do me a favor and roll a d10 nothing added a hefty three Uh, you go to Felicity's stall and as you sit next to her you get a strong impulse to reach inside of your bag Um, I do it. I reach inside my bag. Something smooth and fragile grazes your fingers, and you pull out from seemingly out of nowhere this crystal prism unicorn. Oh, this is lovely. Um, I think Celeste stares at it for a very long time and kind of relates to the fragility of it all. But also, she can kind of sense a warmth from it that she needed in that moment. And she just holds it and stares at it while laying on Felicity, not even like, like, not having the energy to brush or anything, but I think Felicity is kind of, they have a bond where it's she can tell when she needs just to be next to her. Um, and she she just sits there for hours, it feels like. Imogen? Yeah, thanks for saving me for last, bitch. When you get to Professor McConnell's office, you see Sigrun sitting. And she looks tired. Very tired. But happy to see you. Mom? Oh, hello, sweet girl. And she stands and she gives you a hug. Mom, what's going on? It's gonna be okay. I just need to give you just a little warning. It's all going to be okay. A good friend of mine reached out because she wanted to give me a warning. 
some kind of story is about to break and your name is involved. Okay. What kind of story? I'm not really sure. But we needed to have a conversation because well, I'm not necessarily afraid of what the story has to say because I know you are good there's nothing bad that can be said about you bad things could happen anyways and I just want I just want you to know so what could happen is that attention is drawn to you and because of that your uncle may become more interested, which would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Did you get my last letter? I did. And you understand what I meant? Yes. That, now more than ever, is going to be the thing that protects you, because no one can hurt you while you're here. They can try. They could try. I'm not going to let them hurt my friends, though. As long as they're here. As long as you are all here, you're safe. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fine. I just need to... I just need to keep them here. Keep them within my reach. I need you to know that this is not a sure thing that's going to happen. It, it might not happen at all. And it's going to be fine. Either way, I am safe. Your father is safe. Your sister and Marisol are safe. We're all safe. You will be safe if you are here. And I just need to make sure that you stay here. I'll stay here. I just... I... I don't want him to hurt friends, but I'm kind of relieved that if his attention is on me and he's trying to get to me, he won't be trying to get to you. Or Da. Or Ingrid and Marisol. So maybe there's a positive there. You are not a decoy. You are not bait. You are not something to be sacrificed. You are valuable. Imogen. I'm trying to be. You don't need to try. You being you makes you precious. All my friends are precious too. And that's what makes them dangerous and scary. Precious gems are often found in the hilt of a sword for a reason. Like Ingrid's sword? Exactly like Ingrid's sword. strong. Absolutely you can. No matter what happens, it's gonna be okay. And at that moment, something falls in McConnell's fireplace with the flap. Dust billows around it, and Professor McConnell looks and bends down and reaches in and pulls it out. It's an article. A newspaper. 
not at the usual time of day, and much thicker than normal. Professor McConnell looks down and reads the headline through her glasses. And she looks up at you, Imogen, and she sighs. And that's where we're going to leave this session. You're not going to read the headline, no. are you? No, you got to read the fucking headline. Are you fucking headline? Are you kidding me? Give us the fucking headline. Give us the headline. Give us the headline. Give us the headline. You have to give us the headline, or I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to drive down all the way to Florida, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. You just put us, us all through so much emotional trauma, you better fucking tell us this headline. That's the fucking headline. Now. You made it to the end of the episode. I'm so proud of you. Now here's a task. Follow at Pod on social media for updates on new episodes and miscellaneous modifiers shenanigans. Oh, okay, you did that? Thank you, you're the coolest. Uh, now why don't you give us a review? Seriously, leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcasts will really help us out, and it'll help more people find Ensorcelled. And if more people are listening to Ensorcelled, then that means someone you know might start listening to Ensorcelled. And if someone you know starts listening to Ensorcelled, that means you two can talk about Ensorcelled. All that just from leaving a review. I, I guess you could also just, like, tell your friends about Ensorcelled, that might be fewer steps. But still, reviews really help us out. And if you leave us a review, we will give you an in-character shout-out at the end of the next episode. Your friends will be so impressed! Look at you! Okay, one more thing to do. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash themodifivers. That's patreon.com slash T-H-E-M-O-D-I-5-E-R-S. And become a patron. For just a few dollars a month, you'll get loads of bonus content, including deleted scenes, a sorting quiz, behind-the-scenes nonsense, and honestly, just general good vibes. Oh, you know that friend you just hypothetically made so you can talk about Ensorcelled? Yeah, 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 that one. They'll be super impressed by your support of our little podcast. And you'll really be helping us out. With your support, we can put out high-quality episodes on a regular basis. You know, so you and your new friend can talk about it. Alright, that's about it for this message. Thank you so much for listening. You are my hero. Bye!